Is God real? That was the question we were going to deal with today with New York Times bestselling author, former atheist, now apologist, Lee Strobel. If God's real, why is there so much suffering? Those are good questions, and I was looking forward to some good answers today, but I got a call about an hour and a half ago informing Lee, Lee is not feeling well. He was going to power through this conversation today, but he just couldn't do it. So his question to us and the title of the book that he's written, Is God Real?, He's going to have to wait. <laughs> you have to wait to find out if God is real or not. Of course, you can go ahead and read Is God Real? Exploring the Ultimate Question of Life on Your Own. Uh, don't, don't wait for Lee to come back. You can read that. But now we are thrust into an hour together without a guest. What to do, what to do. This kind of situation is always an opportunity. And I had to, had to even with this, I had to talk myself down off the ledge because it feels out of control and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you plan for stuff and you, you get this thing. You just... And I, I fight the urge to fix it and to immediately call a guest and schedule someone that I feel more comfortable with because it's all about me feeling comfortable. Right? No, it's not. It's not about you feeling comfortable. So I did a Friday sigh on a Wednesday and I began to think of some of the things that are rolling around in my soul and that have lately. And this recurring theme kind of surfaced to me. It took a little bit. I had to get a bowl of soup too, because I, if I don't eat anything by the, the middle of the day, you, you just hear my stomach growling all the way through the program. And you do not want that, friend. I saw something the other day and I thought, I wish we had time to talk. Because we've got, you know, the schedule is kind of, out there, it's we're ready between now and Christmas. And I thought, oh, I wish I had, wish we had time to talk about that before Christmas. It was something I saw on a football field that moved me, and evidently from the response to it, moved other people as well. And it brought this question: What warms your heart? We throw that phrase around. It really warmed my heart. When I heard that, it just warmed my heart. When I saw that. My heart was so warm. What's that mean anyway? What does it mean to have a heart that is warmed? Is it just, I got a really sentimental feeling about that, and that was a great thing, and now I'm moving on. I think it's more than just sentimentality. It can, it can be, you know, can be manipulated and, and just sentimental. But I think the warming of the heart is, there's something more to it. So that's our topic today. Going to keep things simple. What warms your heart? What have you seen lately? Or maybe as we think about Christmas, what memory has surfaced that has warmed you in the, in the thinking about it? I put this on Facebook 40 minutes ago. I, don't, I try not to spend too much time on social media. But I put it on on there, and then I got busy with something else, and I heard, the, I heard the uh, you know somebody responded. And Tammy was the first one who responded. Tammy said, "I work the weekend night shift in an all female, intellectually disabled residential group home, and one particular morning, one of the ladies knelt down in front of her chair in the common area, and prayed for my coworker whose sister had passed away." And I looked at that and I thought, 
if that's any indication of what's ahead, I think we're going to be on holy ground here today. So the topic is, what warms your heart? The number is 877-548-3675. I'm playing George Bailey. I'm looking for some friends to put your stories in the hat, okay? (laughs) And if you don't, it's not going to be pretty, okay? i just say it that way. 877. I've got a lot of things that have warmed my heart, though. You know, I could go on for a while, but I want to hear from you. You're our, I say this a lot, you are our greatest natural resource. You're the treasure. It's the stories, it's the life that you lived. So write the number down if you don't have it plugged into your phone, 877-548-3675. Thanks to Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Tahira is in the chair. Is Tahira in the chair? Uh, Laura is answering your calls today. The website's chrisfabrylive.org. Here's another thing. And again, this can be, there's no wrong answer here. There's no answer that's, that says, uh, no, that's really, well, I guess you, if you go on a political bent, it, <laughs> I don't want to go there. But I want to know what warms your heart. I was at a big hardware store this week, Christmas decorations up at the front. You walk in the door and you turn to the left. The returns are to the right. The Christmas stuff is to the left. Late in the evening, I saw this man and woman near the artificial trees. And it just in, you know, the cursory look at them, here's what I saw. It looked to me like the man had just gotten off work. He could have worked at, the, at that store, but it looked like from what he was wearing that he worked outside. So he probably wasn't a lawyer or a heart surgeon. <laughs> you know, he, he's a guy who works with his hands. And his wife now, I don't. I assume that they were married. I didn't get all of their history and didn't ask them for their wedding, you know, pictures and their license. But I assume it was his wife. And they were up front looking at the trees. And she was bent down looking at the prices and frowning, which was the same thing I was doing, but this is not about me. <laughs> this is about her. And... So I catch little bits of what they're saying about this or that or the other thing. And he says, but this is the one you want, isn't it? And she says, oh, it's just too much money. And he comes back and he says, but this is the one you want, right? And without missing a beat, he says, so get this one. As if. You know, the money is important, but it's only once a year. You know, it was, and I I watched that, I watched that uh, exchange. It was the same thing that happened. One of my sons had a birthday yesterday and his mother, my wife, bought him a couple of pairs of shorts and a shirt. And he was so excited about them and they talked about, this brand and why he likes it and why my wife had talked with two guys at the gym who said, Oh, he'll love this because of this and that. And, you know, the compression, this, and that. I don't know, but to know somebody that well, to be able to get something that you can tell they were really excited about to, to have a connection with someone where you know them 
warms my heart. Just like the man with his wife and the Christmas tree that he knew, this is the one you want, right? This is, let's do this. Come on. What warms your heart? W-W-Y-H. That's our program today. Cindy is in the great state of Florida. Hi, Cindy. Why did you call today? Hi, Chris. We uh, are on the same page um, with our thoughts. I was telling the young lady, uh, it warms my heart to see a man just be tender with his wife. I mean, just a touch, and you see those eyes meet, and you know that, you know, you know, this is my woman, and I love her. And it's it, so precious. And love language. You know, there's the love language right there, Cindy. You know what? The same thing happens with me. It happened to me the other day. I was driving, and next to me was, I assume it was a dad and like two or three sons. And the sons were laughing, and one was, you know, motioning something. You could tell they were talking about something. And here was this young dad just having having a conversation with them and engaging with them that warms my heart and to and for the it's a gift to be able to see that kind of thing isn't it and to have it yeah yeah, yeah amen i'm glad you called Cindy you got us started here what warms your heart jennifer in west chicago illinois what's your answer jennifer Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, there are two things that warm my heart. Yesterday, when I listened to your program, my favorite pastor in the world was talking to you, Pastor Kerry Schmidt. Uh-huh. So that's one thing that warms my heart, is hearing his voice. <laughs> and then the other one is, today, I was so blessed to be able to go sit and meet a new lady who's in her 70s, and she shared her story of how the Lord pursued her for years and years and years, and she only just got saved last year. And I thought, that is just amazing. God's pursued really? her for 70-plus years. Oh, wow. Wonderful. That's, what a great story. And that she that you made that connection and got to hear that then. Yeah. It was so beautiful. I mean, and it was long. We we got together at 1030 this morning, and she didn't finish telling her story until about 1230. But it, I was enthralled the whole yes. time. Well, and beautiful. even that story gives, you know, makes me want to say, look, you've been praying for somebody for a while. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give. You know, that hound of heaven has a lot of energy and is, is going can go a long way. For those people that you love. That's great, Jennifer. I'm glad you warmed our heart with that story from a friend you just met who's in her 70s. How about you? I got two lines open for you right now at 877-548-3675. What warms your heart is our topic. Lee Strobel, not able to be with us. You are my guest today at The Back Fence. What warms your heart? I've got a story from the football field. I've got a commercial that I saw. (laughs) I've got an email from Wendy, who lives in New Hampshire, and I want to read that. But I want to hear from you. Isn't that great? All the lines are going. Thank you. Thank you, people in Bedford Falls. Donna is in uh, Naples, Florida. Donna, what warms your heart? 
Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for taking my call. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing a lot better since you called. Oh, that's so nice. A couple years back, a few years back, um, my mother had passed away, and the good Lord called her because he wanted her home. And um, around this time of year, we just went crazy with the house. We, we would decorate it. We would listen to Christmas music. We would praise the Lord for all the good things he's done for us and just had a great mother-daughter time. And as I said, she had passed. So today I was at one of my clients' house helping her clean her home. She's elderly, and she wanted to decorate the house. And so we just made it look beautiful, played the Christmas songs, and my mom was there with us in spirit. And it just made my heart warm because I felt her presence and I knew she was with us. And it just brought back a lot of fond memories of, of, of this time of year with her, you know. So I felt the peace. I felt the peace that I haven't had in a long time. And it just made my heart warm. And I just wanted to share that with you. I think it would make her happy to hear what you just shared, but also hear that you're helping somebody else. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. of course. And I did help her because, like I said, they're elderly and they really can't do much. And she was just so happy and so grateful and her husband and brought smiles to their face. So not only did I have a warmth for myself, but it warmed my heart seeing them happy because, like I said, there's things they, they just can't do anymore. So I had two, actually, that, that made me really happy. It's something then that catches it's something it's it, they say you you can't uh, think that things are better caught than taught and i think that's the same with a warm heart it's as you teach your children if you model before them you can tell your kids though you're blue in the face you need to read reading is fun you ought to do it it's when they see you doing it and then they catch it that it really comes home uh, and, and they start to do it for themselves. It's the same thing with the warmth of a heart. There's There may be somebody listening right now and you didn't, when you started listening to this program and hearing these stories, you didn't have any warmth in your heart. But when you hear Donna's story right there and the memories that she has of her mom and what happened and the smile, the smile of a person that you you just a person you've never met and you're never going to see again and you catch eyes and there is a smile that goes between the two of you. Uh, let's see what Frank has to say in Tennessee. Hi, Frank. Go right ahead. Hey, Chris. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, you just mentioned reading and I'm on the <laughs> advice of a, of a dear friend uh, picked up this book called In His Steps by Charles Sheldon, and it's the fictional story of a pastor, um, without getting into too many details, that challenges his uh, congregation with, uh, and this was written in the late 1800s, by the way, with what would Jesus do? And my heart was uh, greatly <laughs> warmed by change. Where it's not the expected. change that took the change that took place in uh, the church's heart, and then as it moved out into um, the city. The change that took place in the town. 
they caught it <laughs> again. There it is. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's caught. And I have seen that my friend uh, Chuck neighbors does a stage play of in his steps and does this as wow. a one, one man show. And it's so well show one man performance. It is so powerful to see exactly what you're talking about and the places that you think are always going to be the same and they will never change. And the hearts, see, that's the thing about Christianity, Frank, that, that the broader culture misses. And that is, it's not about, you know, doing good things for other people or towing the line or getting God to not be mad at you because you do more good than bad. It's transformation. It's a, it's a heart it's not just a makeover. It's going from death to life. And that story really captures that, doesn't it? Yeah, amen. Um, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. Frank, thanks for sharing that story. And if, uh, if there's anybody listening who's never read that book, that's a really good one. Or you can look up, you know, the different, it's probably more than Chuck has done that as a stage play. Uh, in his steps. Uh, I saw it on the football field. His name is Trey. Does anybody see the, the Bengals game the other night against the against Jacksonville? And Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Trevor's the excellent quarterback. And his own lineman had stepped on his foot or his ankle and kind of turned it. And then he was tackled and his foot and his leg rolled under. It was, it was pretty awful looking. Um, But then as I saw it, and I know Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he's pretty spry and he's young. He's going to snap. He's going to jump up. He's going to be okay with this. That's what I thought. His, um, one of his players got him under the armpit and then Trey Hendrickson of the Bengals got him under the other armpit and they both lifted him up. And Lawrence almost immediately falls to the ground on his knees and bangs on the turf, I assume because of the pain that he's in. You know, this, is, this is serious pain. This is not just ouchy. <laughs> and it's what Hendrickson did next that I didn't see on the play, but when they pulled out, Hendrickson, Trey takes his helmet off, goes down on one knee near where... Trevor Lawrence is, and he begins to pray. At least that's what we assume. He's on one knee, he's got his helmet off, he's bowing his head, okay? Uh, And he stays there for a few seconds, and then the staff gets there, and he gets up, and, and he moves away. But what I saw there wasn't calculated. It wasn't a performance it wasn't staged. It was something that happened in real time, such a pure moment of, oh, Lord, help him. And that warmed my heart. And looking at social media then, which I said I try to stay away from, looking at the response of this from people around the country, whether you're a football fan or not, um, is just uh, overwhelmingly positive to in a culture that you say anything about prayer in public places and you know they're holding crosses up <laughs> trying to get you to go away it's like this was they saw it they saw it for what a pure moment that it was so that warmed my heart too 
Dorcas is in the great state of Georgia. Hi, Dorcas. Thanks for calling today. What warms your heart? Hi. Um, I've been a labor nurse since 1994, and you'd think it'd be more common, but when a dad just breaks down and sobs when he his baby's born, that warms my heart. And I end up, I always cry too. I just can't hold it back. It means that baby's going to have a dad that cares, and that is so um, important. And it's, again, not as common as you think it should be. There's dads that are watch a football game when their baby's born and don't seem to think that it's so important. So that's my story. Yeah. And how many, how many births have you been, uh, have you attended? You know, I, I can't even count, but since I see about three a week, three times 50 times, whatever 1994 is, <laughs> I guess it's in the thousands now. Yeah, that's great. And, <laughs> and, and it's, again, it's not so common to see a dad, um, that committed and, um, it's just precious. Yeah. And that's nothing that you can program either. You know, you can't say, okay, now I'm going to break down or I'm going to shed tears. It's either you, it's either it's there or it's not. Uh, Dorcas, thanks for your work. Thanks for catching all those babies and, and attending and weeping uh, at that site. If you're tuning in and you're saying, where's Lee Strobel? Lee's not feeling well. You pray for Lee. And uh, his recuperation, I think he's going to take a, a few weeks off here, and he's just going to focus on getting better. So uh, we heard just before the program today that Lee wasn't going to be able to be with us. His latest book is, Is God Real? What a great question. Exploring the Ultimate Question of Life. And um, I'm asking you a different question. What warms your heart? Let's talk with Sammy in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Sammy. Hi there. What warms my heart? Uh, I'm a professor teaching uh, psychology and finally decided to stop being afraid and making assumptions that if I let my students know about my faith that, you know, it'll be a turn off, et cetera, and prayed about it, decided just to, when it's appropriate, when it naturally weaves in, to bring it in. And there are several theories that it can easily be weaved into. And by doing it with the focus on the word easily, that is, I don't stop and clear my throat and make a big deal of what I'm about to say. It just rolls out. I've had so many smiles from students' faces, even some coming up to me after this or that class, thanking me profusely for being a professor who also loves Jesus, and I have had the best semester ever because I let go of fear. <laughs> Sammy, that warms my heart just to hear that because a lot of those, now, of course, you know, there, there's some kids on the campus that are going to be, you know, push back against what, that or whatever. I don't sure. think there's anybody that even if you're an atheist or an agnostic, I don't think mm-hmm. there's any I've never talked with an atheist or an agnostic who has said I I hate it when people genuinely authentically tell me what what moves what makes them uh believe in God. I I've I've always heard atheists and agnostics say 
you know, thank, thanks for sharing that. I can tell it's not something that you're just, you're just saying. You really believe that. And that mm-hmm. most of them, you know, there's some that are that are more antagonistic, but most of them, if if that's really where you're coming from, they're not going to fight you on that. And the ones who are smiling at you and appreciative of what you say because it touches that nerve inside of them, here's somebody else who is on the same page with me who's in higher education. That's just gold, isn't it? Amen, it is. Did you ever have a professor do that for you to, to say anything like that when you were going to school? No, the closest was a professor who said enough of things that I could put my two and two together and assume he was a person of faith. In fact, do more than assume I, I was pretty much assured of it, but, he didn't really fold it into anything. It's just a thing or two he said at yes. this or that time that gave me that belief. But uh, I had to no, read between the lines. I get it. Yeah. There you go. There. Sammy, I'm really glad you got through today. And I'm, I'm glad we're doing this uh, topic because there are some other things, there's some rabbit trails that I want to go down with you. And there's a couple of lines open at 877-548-3675. The question's really simple. It's really easy. You can answer on Facebook too. What warms your heart? We haven't given a definition of that yet, but we're giving enough examples that I think you're getting what I'm talking about. 877-548-3675. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. talking about what warms your heart. Mine was warmed when I went to the CareNet site today. I kid you not, because they posted a story about Pam in one of their blogs. It's the Abundant Life blog. Click CareNet and go to the Abundant Life blog today. You'll see about Pam. She was pregnant. She was in a foreign country. She contracted amoebic dysentery, and her doctor advised her, look, terminate the baby's going to just a massive fetal tissue. Don't, don't don't go forward with the pregnancy. And she and her husband said, no, no, we're not going to do that. And the baby was born and did have some health challenges, but he survived. And the doctor later said that was a miracle baby. You can read Pam's story at the Abundant Life blog. Karenette wants you to know you can make a difference in the world one life at a time, just like Pam's baby. They developed a program for churches called Making Life Disciples that helps provide compassion, hope, help, and discipleship to women and men who are considering abortion. So it's not just about saving the baby, although that's a great thing to do. It's about all of life, abundance. Click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org. Read that Abundant Life blog. There are videos, articles, encouragement that you can have a positive effect about this issue in the culture one heart at a time. Someone you know needs to hear about CareNet. Click the green button there, chrisfabrylive.org. Oh, Pam's baby. Pam's baby was just in Las Vegas two days ago, being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Little Tim, little Timmy, Tebow. 
What warms your heart? That's the question. Uh, Crystal's in Spokane, Washington. Crystal, why'd you call today? Hi, I just wanted to say that um, what warms my heart is when my adult kids and and my adult nieces and nephews get together and they are encouraging to each other and they protect each other and and just have fun together. That that really warms my heart. Yes. And then to think of the biblical injunction uh, to, to little children, to have these little children in unity and following the mm-hmm. Lord, you know, and to see that yes. then play out in a nuclear yeah. family. <laughs> yeah, that's just so awesome. Yeah. So awesome to see. I hear exactly what you're saying, Crystal. And, and if you have that going on, there's a lot of conflict. You have that going on, see it. Be grateful for what you see there or even glimmers of it. Uh, Keisha is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. What a great place to be from. Hi, Keisha. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. Glad to do it. What warms your heart? Um, It's actually kind of what you were just talking about. My youngest daughter teaches me life lessons and it warms my heart because it's kind of a reciprocal thing. Um, Christmas is always very hard and complicated for me. And so I never go into the season with a great deal of anticipation um, because I know that the complicated part is coming, the hard feelings. And then last year when we gave out presents, she burst into tears and said, I don't deserve this. And it was just, it's everything that Jesus is in the sense of, None of us deserve him, but we get his mercy anyway. And so we talked about gift giving and why we give gifts and what it should represent. And that has really carried me into this Christmas season. I'm so excited and happy for it. I've got joy about Christmas again. And that is what's warmed my heart is this, my kid who (laughs) taught me something without even trying to. Well, and and again, we go back to that. You caught it from her. She lived it. You caught. She didn't. Wasn't trying to teach you anything, but she did, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you were listening, and you were looking, and you were. I think that's part of what we haven't given a definition, but I think it, part of it is you're open and receptive to something touching you on a level that's deeper than just, Ooh, that, that was fun or, Ooh, that, that gave me a good feeling um, that there's, there's something deeper and you got to it with, we don't deserve his grace and his mercy. The gift that was given to us was not earned. It was by grace that he did that for us. And that's, that brings us back there every time, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's everything. Can you explain? You said just something. You're you're getting ready for the hard feelings. When you said that, yeah. did you mean the hard, like Christmases past, or expectations that were dashed, or or were you thinking of something else? Um, I think it's a combination of missing loved ones, but also that with that missing of family. There was there's the the hardness of those holidays. Those were the family that I grew up in. Those were hard holidays. Whereas with my husband and our three girls, it's 
becoming different now. And yeah. I'm just, again, I'm grateful because I don't deserve the family I have either. Yeah, no, that's great. So, that's it. Yeah. You, you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. And there are a lot of people who are saying, I know exactly. You must, you must be in my family. Keisha, thank you. Uh, Wendy says, hi, Chris. I listen to your show every day on WVNH. Concord. Hey, WVNH. I always enjoy your sense of humor. You make me laugh. I work in a nursing home here in Concord. One of our new residents has Alzheimer's. I was in her room this afternoon cleaning up a spill. She didn't know who had made the mess. It was her. She was upset that I had to mop it up. I reassured her that I didn't mind at all. I asked her if she had owned a store in downtown Concord several years ago. I mentioned the name of the store, and she said yes, she had. When I told her that I liked shopping there and always enjoyed talking with her, her eyes softened, and she thanked me. I think that for a brief moment, I eased her burden of dealing with this awful disease. No matter what I get for Christmas this year, it will pale in comparison to knowing that I temporarily made this precious child of God's day. My mom had Alzheimer's and passed away in 2015, so I completely understand the sadness that family members experience both during the disease's journey and the years that follow. Nursing home staff only see a small snapshot of your loved one. I so very badly wanted to tell them that there was so much more to my mom than what they saw. She was fun, kind, and loving. Not only was she my mom, she was my best friend. And when Wendy sent that email, it just showed what a small thing you have to do in order to reach into somebody else's life. That's the other thing I wanted to, that I've been thinking about. Another way to look at what warms your heart is, how would you like to warm someone else's heart? What is it you could say? What is it that you could do to stir up that warmth in somebody who needs to see to to have that in their own life for Wendy all it was all it took was a mop and a little bit of time and a memory that she grabbed onto when her friend in the nursing home couldn't and she gave that to her that's a gift that's what a warm heart looks like Irene is in Orlando, Florida. Irene, why did you call today? Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. I call because what really warms my heart is my younger brother, how kind and humble he is, and how he is such a servant, not only to my mother, but I see how he serves his wife and his daughters, and he's and his sisters. It's um, very unusual to see a man do the types of things that he does. And my mom got sick about three years ago, and I saw how he would always show up at the hospital. He would always be there to help, whether to give her a bath, to help her walk. And now since she's been home, she's done a whole lot better. Since she got out the hospital, but she had some dementia, 
It doesn't matter what she needs. He's there. He rubs her legs. He rubs her feet. He cooks for her. And he doesn't say this is men's work. I mean, this is a woman's work. Right, right. He never says that. And he is such a sweet brother. So that's what warms my heart to see how a man has so much respect for his mother and so much respect for women. It's just unusual to see in these days today, to me. You don't see men, a lot of men doing that. What's your brother's name, Irene? His name is Vince. Vince. Where do you find a guy like Vince? Well, it sounds like your mom raised, part of it was her, the raising in the home that, that taught him or he caught the the kindness and the compassion and the care. Where do you find he a did. man like that? He did. Yeah. Now, what about your he dad? He got it from my did, mother because my mother is like that. My mother is a Christian woman. She's always set the example to her children on how to treat other people. But what about your dad? Was he in the picture? He passed away in 1997. And since he passed away, my mom has never had to want for anything to be done around the house. Because my brother Vince, he's a person who has great mechanical skills. He fixed anything that she needs. And it's almost like he just he was just there to step up to the plate and fill in. So, yeah. You know what warms my heart, Irene, is that you you see this and you say that about Vince on the radio program, and my guess is you've told it to him, to his face as well. And if there's somebody who says, I got a brother like that, or I got a sister like that, I have somebody in my life who serves like that, have you told them? Have you said that thing and warmed their heart with what you see in them? This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. It's a What's What Warms Your Heart Wednesday. More straight ahead. Well, we didn't get to talk with Lee Strobel today. I'm sure we will. One of these days, uh, Is God Real is the book that Lee has written. He's not feeling well, and uh, we got to have this conversation. What warms your heart? And it just reminds me how important you are. I say that you are our greatest natural resource. And it's how important you, those who support us are as well, especially, you know, we're in the last month of the year. December's a big month for any ministry, and uh, this, this one's no different. If you can give anything here at the end of the year to uh, help us Reach the goal by December 31. That would be a wonderful thing. You can call or click through. Our thank you is the novel that I wrote. It's come up a couple of times, even in the conversation today. Alzheimer's, the main character of this book has Alzheimer's and is trying to unravel the mystery of his own life. It's called Saving Grace, and I'd love to send you a copy. If you can support us, do so. Call 866-953-2279. Warm my heart to hear from you, 866-95-FABRY, or go to chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. And when I, when I look at some of the things that people say about what they get from the program, or the, 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 of late, 
prayer requests, pray for my husband, pray for my daughter, pray. Those things warm my heart because it shows what a connection that you have with what we do here, that this is not just, uh, this is not just something in the media. There's something more going on. We give thanks for that. So go to chrisfabrylive.org. As we talk now with David in Chattanooga, Tennessee. David, why did you call today? I am honored to be on your show and I appreciate you. Um, the thing that warms my heart is memories, and I want to elaborate on that. As it's Christmas time, and I go back, we had Christmas at my grandparents' house, and I can remember the fireplace and the holly on the mantle and stockings around. But the thing that stands out the most to me is the memory of the people who were there. I had my grandparents, my parents, my brother. And they're all deceased. I'm the only one that's left. And those people impacted my life and steered me in the right direction. And those things stand out so much more than the things and the glitter of Christmas. And that's my most vivid memory is of those people who sat around that table that were my family. And they were there when you stubbed your toe, too, when you made a mistake, when you did something that you wish you hadn't. They were there to to help you reprimand when you needed it, but just to love you through it, right? Yes, yes. And my mother watched over me and got on to me good and hard about things I did wrong and things like that, but she always loved me, and I knew that. And she, you know, kept me steered in the right direction. Yeah. And all those people, my, my grandfather and my father were the most giving people, and they ran a pharmacy. And if somebody didn't have money to buy prescriptions, they they gave it to them. And just lots of memories. They were great people, and they really shaped my thinking and my life. And uh, And it just makes me smile in my heart to think about those days. Smiling, okay, there's another definition of it. Smiling in your heart is warming your heart, but it also does the other thing, which is it makes you want to be like them, right? Yes. Yes, they set a great example. Well, and that's why I— I think the you know the story about the the football player and kneeling down and immediately praying right there, you know, in front of— front of all the crowd and the cameras and everything. He was like, he didn't care. (laughs) And he wasn't doing it in the show. It's just like, this is the, this is the natural response to something that I, he didn't have control over. Oh God, would you help? Would you come in here? And I want to be that way too. Uh, David, thank you. Minnesota. Sylvia is in St. Cloud. Hi, Sylvia. Why did you call? Well, I've been a widow for 13 years and, um, I know the Lord right very well. I'm a Jewish believer. And um, I think I'm really thankful for the people that support me. Um, They take care of me. I'll put it that way. These are loving people that I've known for years. And they just keep giving me and giving me and giving me. And I take it all, but I also thank them through uh, Hanukkah is tomorrow. And I'm making some special things for these people. And this is the only way, because I don't have a lot of money, so I'm giving back that way. 
Hmm. So, the, so what warms your heart then is when you see him walking up the, coming up the walk or shoveling your walk or, or, or doing something like that? Well, no, they take care of me. Like they give me rides to places because I don't have that transportation anymore. And so the, I just ask them and they, they show up at my door. it's that kind of loving relationship that I have with them. I love it. Sylvia. Yeah. What are you, what are you going to do special for Hanukkah then? If it starts tomorrow, what what will. I'm making, no, I'm a baker. Just like my father was a baker. And I love to make rugelach and I'm going to make potato pancakes for myself, but I'm going to make a lot of rugelach, so I'm going to give that out as little gifts to these people. That's great. And so it warms my heart to give, you know, part of my heritage to them. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy that we had this program. Sylvia, we would have gone all year without hearing your story and the rugula and uh, what you're doing for Hanukkah. Thank you for sharing your heart with us today. And all the lines are going here. I love what I love what's going on. Uh, with Margaret. She says, the smile on my grandchild's face, a text from a friend telling me gas is cheaper by them, <laughs> and feeling the cool breeze on my face when I open the front door. Uh, Beth says, always children. We don't have any. So when our friends share pictures or videos of their kids, it truly warms my heart. Or the kids on the Shriners Hospital commercials. I saw a commercial the other day that did the same thing. Have you seen this one? It's about a truck. It's a it's a car maker, but it's the uh, an older woman has some form of dementia, and it's her granddaughter who leads her out to the truck, and they go for a ride, and the memories start coming back to her. And by the time that you can tell, there's a little friction between the granddaughter and her mom, and by the time they get back. There's this connection that they've made. I know that they're kind of playing on us sentimentally, but there is something there that warmed my heart. And I hope that somebody's message here today warmed yours. I love what um, was said about Vince. And I said, where do you find a man like that? And there's another man that was born 2,000 years ago who gave himself, who gave all of himself so that you and I might have a relationship with God. It is his birth that we celebrate at this time. Where do you find a man like that? Well, he was born in Bethlehem. Come on back tomorrow. We've got another great program for you. Chris Faber Live's production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.